Welcome to Nourish by Spinnies, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well. I'm Devina Devecha. And I'm Tiffany Eslick. This is a space where we hope to nourish your heart and soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. We're walking our way through the fungi world today with Bronte Weir, one of the co-founders of Below Farm. So what was the tour like? I don't think I was expecting to see such a multi-step, but also a circular process. So it was quite insightful, actually. Um, For example, they take the remnants of date palms, so the trunks, the leaves, the fronds that go to waste, and then they process that into food for the mushrooms that they grow. And I hear you got to try the grow kit as well. Well, I couldn't try it myself because uh, my cat would have been far too curious. But my mom is actually going to get into that this week. So I'm excited to see how she gets on. Uh, But I think you've tried them before as well, right? I have. And actually, it went really quickly. I remember opening it up on like a Monday, giving it a good amount of water for two days, coming home and seeing this amazing sort of spread of pink mushrooms everywhere in my kitchen. Yeah. 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 So, you know, good. Yeah, and I think our producer, Chirag, who is going to get in on this podcast for the first time uh, as well, has also grown his grow kit. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, hello. I, I thought actually you guys forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> we never forget about you. We know how important mushrooms are to you. <laughs> He's vegan. This is a vegan yeah. joke. It is. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. The grow kit went much faster than what I was expecting because I think they were, they kind of prep you by saying it's like one or two weeks, but you saw it within days, literally. Yeah. Um, to the point that I was a bit concerned that I was going to leave them for too long. So I actually sent them a note with a picture saying, you know, do I take them out now? Like, what do I do? Mushroom note. <laughs> uh, but they were, they were also super helpful about it because they very quickly was like, actually, uh, based on the picture you showed, in a day you should be ready to do it. Trust your gut. You're a mushroom farmer now, <laughs> which I thought was very, very, yeah, very nice. Cute. A nice way of like kind of uh, being warm about it. But yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, obviously, I've had the mushroom since then. What did you make? A bunch of different things. I actually added it to uh, pasta that I was making. I also did the sort of. There's gonna be more vegan jokes now. I did almost like a like a buffalo mushroom thing, uh, and made a sandwich out of it. So that was, that was nice too. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea you were so creative in the kitchen. <laughs> So before I actually sat down in our makeshift studio at the farm to learn more about how they started, we did a quick tour of the facility, starting with what's called the mycelium lab. This is our mycelium lab. Um, we're, we're growing fungus, right? Yeah. So we need to make sure that the fungus that we're growing is only our fungus, not any other fungus or right. molds or anything like that. So everything's really kind of sterile environments why we can't go inside, but got the window open today so you can see a little bit of what's happening in here. So in the back corner, we've got a massive um, autoclave, which is a, basically a giant pressure cooker. Um, so it's, we take um, seed grain of uh, wheat or barley. Um, we sterilize that at 120 degrees for a certain amount of time. And we then take those bags of grain and we put the mycelium uh like a petri dish of mycelium into it right. so these bags here you can see are bags of grain that have had lion's mane mycelium put okay. into them and they've been left for a couple of weeks you can see these were inoculated on the 20th of march yep 
Um, so these are now ready to be taken and put into the soil and the substrate for okay. the mushrooms to grow from. Right. And you normally use wheat or barley, is that? Uh, so we use wheat or barley for this stage. Ah, okay. Um, so because this, the wheat or barley is just so full of energy um that it means that we can uh, it, it, they grow really fast right. and when we get to sort of larger scale that we're actually growing the mushrooms from that's when we use more local materials Got but it. on this we don't import any of it it's all um we take the expired product from national feed so any product that many any any uh, grains that are sort of not able to be used for animal feed they're absolutely fine for this stage okay. of the mushroom process okay. so You'll see a lot of this through our journey is that we look to take, use mushrooms as a, as a tool in the circular economy. They are nature's uh, decomposers after all. So we're looking at how we can take waste products and uh, use them in a safe and effective way to grow mushrooms on. So how long do they normally have to stay in the lab for? So it's different varieties need different amounts of time. Yeah. A couple of weeks for most, some are a little longer than that. This is the dirty side of our... Uh, substrate facility where we take this is a uh, actually date palm okay. um, that has been we processed down into a specific way that was good for the mushrooms to grow on in the UAE 35% of the agriculture is dates yeah and like what percentage of that in terms of mass is the actual date fruit itself I think it's like only I think it's less than 5% all right so you know the rest of it is the trees mm. the branches the the, the 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 trunks the leaves so all of that goes into these, the term is sort of palm graveyards, and they're literally just massive piles in the desert where um, the materials don't decompose, it's too hot, it's too dry, there's yeah. not enough moisture for decomposition to take place, so they just stay there. Or they're burnt, which is even worse. Right. Um, so we are taking that waste product and we are using that to grow mushrooms on. Um, we also use a little bit of wood. We are in an area where we're surrounded by local farms, um, and word got out that we like to collect wood. So you can see our big pile ah, of 70% yeah. of what we are using to grow the mushrooms on is date palm. So the vast majority is a sort of local material that we, we it's an upcycled material. Uh, so down here, this is all of our, um, our home grow kits. So this is something that we started oh, doing yeah. to enable people to grow mushrooms themselves at home. And um, so pink oyster mushrooms grow out of here, which are amazing. They so look from incredible. This patch, yeah, I guess. so you open this little box, you cut a big cross in the front of it, yeah. and then it takes about a week for the mushrooms to grow. It's really, really super impressive. You can see this one, for example. You can see, get a little bit of an, an idea of the color of the pinkness oh, that yeah. comes from it. It's really, really pink. <laughs> So did you launch the grow kits at the same time or was that something you realized there was a demand for uh, or interest for? So, you know, we launched it sort of as a secondary, like really pri primarily with the uh, food product. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was something that we saw there was a lot of interest for in other, other countries um, and a big growing market for them. And a couple of uh, grow kits are available on the market, but they were all imported. And actually these are living organisms that you're importing. So. They have a, it's very easy for something to go wrong. Yeah. Also, you're importing, like, we've chosen this pink variety actually for a very specific reason that it grows really well from 20 to 25 degrees, ah, okay. which is That's kind perfect. of the temperature yeah. that we have here yeah. in our living rooms, right? Yeah. Whereas most other varieties of mushrooms, like lion's mane, grow kits, or silver oyster, need cooler. They need okay. more around 18, which right. 
okay maybe you can have your house on 18 degrees but it's not many people, not many people do, do and yeah. it's cold <laughs> I, don't, I find 18 cold yeah, i think it's cold <laughs> i agree <laughs> mine's usually at about like 23 or 24 for ambient ambient temperature so, yeah it's like yeah so how many different types of mushrooms are we incubating in here so in here we have five different types of mushrooms incubating um uh, that's our sort of main range. Well, I guess actually a few more. We've also got the reishi, mm. uh, but yeah. So oyster, king oyster, lion's mane, reishi. We have another type of uh, oyster that we're experimenting with that is a sporeless oyster. Um, yeah, there are actually hundreds of different varieties of oyster just in itself, like pink and yellow and blue and silver and white and sporeless and all of these different ones. So where do they go from here? So from here, we from there we take them into harvest and uh, we pack them, ready to go to Spinney's. <laughs> Where they are much appreciated, <laughs> I assure you. How interesting. I was watching the videos from your tour and it was really fascinating to see how they do their mushroom farm. I've been to a couple of others before and it's different. I mean, there are some similarities, but yeah, that was super interesting. Yeah, it was my first time on a mushroom farm and the space has quite a small footprint. And what I love that even as they kept expanding through that space, they're trying to reuse as much of the waste as possible. Um, for example, Bronte told me how they intend to use a small space between two of their containers where they're going to put in a broiler that will use some of their waste as fuel. Um, also, we will be sharing a video from the tour on our Instagram as well. So definitely check that out. Great. So what's next on the tour? Well, after we walked around the farm, I sat down with Bronte in the office to find out how they got started with mushroom farming. It like started off actually from, I mean, you've seen today. Mushrooms are beautiful in the way that they grow naturally. They they really aren't shown in their natural form a lot when, you, when you're buying them on the market. And the beauty of the mushrooms is really what sort of sparked the idea. Um, there was this beautiful arrangement of mushrooms where you would like to see a flower arrangement and it yeah. actually started the idea for my, my business partners. Um, they were back in Poland and it sort of like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm going to speak to the guy who grows them. So the farmer was was there and they like, sort of discussed how he was doing all of the mushroom farming in Poland and was like, huh, I wonder if this is something that we could do in the desert. Um, and then the incubator for ideas that was COVID-19 really yeah. spurred a lot of Excels and research and market studies. Um, and then... Uh, led us into sort of incorporation in August 2021 to kind of kick kick, kick it off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the UAE has been such a great place to do it. There's such a big focus on on food security in the yeah. UAE at the moment. Um, and, you know, not only that, from, from, from our side, we're not only addressing food security, we're also addressing a lot of the other big priorities for the region, sustainable agriculture and the circular economy as well, yeah. um, which is kind of, core to what we do here yeah and i know we saw all the different types of mushrooms as we walked around but so you have five different types on that you're growing on site at the moment so we have oyster king oyster shiitake lion's mane and chestnut yes. are in our main range we're at different sort of stages of uh bringing those all to the market so mm -hmm. oyster right now is uh is 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 the main one and lion's mane and king oyster are just about ready to to to, to be in, in shops pretty like very soon so and yeah shiitake and chestnut coming very soon after that oh, brilliant and you know you were mentioning that you could be looking at more varieties is that something you're always keeping your eye on 
Like there are so many different interesting varieties of mushrooms. Mm. So we focus on primary decomposer mushrooms. They're the kind of mushrooms that grow when the tree falls in the forest uh, to paint a pretty picture. (laughs) Um, So they need cellulose to grow on. And there are all sorts of different ones that have sort of been cultivated in controlled environments. So there are different types that 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 we can entertain. Um, and we're kind of starting to see what what the interest is out there for different varieties. What has been, I guess, the most surprising thing for you since you started this business, like in the business of growing mushrooms uh, in the desert, as you pointed out? <laughs> I've just been overwhelmed by how many people want to come see. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like we weren't, we didn't set up for it in the beginning. Like we've got people quite contacting us all the time, being like, "Can we come visit?" Like you know, agritourism is 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 a real thing, and it's so encouraging and inspiring to see that there's such interest in the region here in terms of how food is being grown. Um, so. Um, yeah, hopefully by next winter we'll have some uh, a possibility for people to come visit um, to see and learn a little bit more about how mushrooms grow in the desert. And I think what was for me really nice to hear as well when we were walking around the focus on sustainability, but also like you said that circular that like loop um, of of how products kind of feed into each other. Was that something that was kind of ever present in your mind even before you and your business partners started as a company we have sort of three core values and uh circularity is the top one mm-hmm. mushrooms are nature's tool in the circular economy they are what break down the organic matter that otherwise wouldn't be recycled and bring it back into the circular life um, and we are using that tool of mushrooms to to uh break down a big waste product here mm-hmm. in the region, which is uh, the palm leaves from date farming. And we process it in a, in a really special way to be able to grow our mushrooms on um, and convert it into a nutritious food, right? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a pretty like cool desert story um, to look at how, it, and it was a big piece for us, um, looking at how we can localize all of the technologies yeah. and and ways of growing mushrooms. The, 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 the ways the mushrooms are grown really are focused on environments that are much more dark damp cold yeah not yeah, hot sunny yeah, dry yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um it's been a good adventure to to get to that point but yeah every 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 step we take every decision that we make is is through a lens of circularity sustainability and and, and responsibility we're looking for doing good business and doing things right like we should you shouldn't really be setting up a company in this day and age without sustainability front and center yeah i mean it's not a trend anymore it is just a way of being yeah so you know, you have to think about that. Um, you know, the the date uh, waste, I guess, that you're uh, using is, is pretty impressive. Is there anything else that um, you have on site, perhaps, that you we could talk about, like sustainability-wise? Uh, yeah, so... Um, mushrooms actually are a really fantastic low-resource impact crop. Um, they are using really low amounts of water, for mm. example. Um, the amount of water that's needed to grow mushrooms, uh, for the same amount of water, you can grow 10 times the amount of mushrooms than you can tomatoes, for example. Um, and in an area where all water is desalinated is a really high energy cost, that's a really great offering. We use no pesticides, no fertilizers. The process that we have to grow mushrooms in needs to be really sterile just by nature. Otherwise, it's not going to work. We'll have other funguses. Yeah. 
molds, bacteria that are growing that just aren't mean that the mushrooms won't grow. So low water impacts. That we use a lot of um, circular principles in our production. We use no pesticides, no fertilizers. We also try and minimize our own waste. Mm -hmm. Um, So once um, a grow block is the term that we use from what the mushrooms grow from. Um, Once a grow block has had uh, the numerous harvests that come from one block, we actually are looking to that block right now we 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 turn into a compost which then can be used to sort of fuel other uh cultivation but also um we're looking at how we can put in a bioreactor to use that as a and and use that grow block as a biofuel to be able to power one of our more energy intensive processes of sterilization so we've always we've got a very creative uh engineer as one of our founders one of our co-founders one of my co-founders um So he's always looking at different ways that we can kind of keep our circular and sustainable loop on. We'll be right back with more from Below Farm after this short break. Let's talk about our tomatoes. Our Spinney's food tomatoes come from Ladoria, tomato processors based out of Italy since 1954. They source their tomatoes across the provinces of Campania, which has a lot of great volcanic good soil, and Apulia, which is close to the sea. Yes, the tomatoes are grown in natural conditions and then processed within 24 hours of picking through the summer to lock in that freshness that you enjoy with our tomatoes. We love working with partners like Ladoria. In 2016, they became the first Italian tomato company to produce a sustainability report outlining their carbon dioxide reduction goals. Here's Diodato Ferraioli, who represents the third generation of this family business. We have been able to map uh, our CO2 consumption throughout all our extended supply chain, uh, and we're putting uh, into place uh, several activities in order to uh, reduce the, the, uh, our impact. For instance, uh, we are setting up new photovoltaic plants to be uh, always uh, less reliable uh, on energy uh, coming from non-renewable uh, sources. In 2022, the company recovered 98% of its food waste, which is just fantastic. So the next time you want delicious tomatoes, you can shop them at spinneys.com or grab a can in our stores. Welcome back. I'm Devina Devecha, and you're listening to our conversation with Bronte Weir, co-founder of Pillow Farm. Were there any challenges, I guess, that you faced um, while working on this business? You know, like you said, you had to be creative and kind of deal with situations. Um, but yeah, what I think, what did you face while working on this that you thought, oh, this is this is a bit tough, but we'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest challenge is that there's a reason why not many people have done this. Well, no one, no one's doing this really in the region. Um, the the ways of growing mushrooms are really designed for the climates of Europe and and China um, predominantly. Um, so all the the technology and the salute and the and the um, equipment that's needed to grow mushrooms aren't designed for this environment. And when they get transplanted directly from um, Europe, a they they cost a huge amount of money and they just don't really match the environment that we have here and so we had to do again my creative engineer co-founder was it had to do a lot of creative engineering to be able to figure out how it's going to work but also the um 
it not only the the, the technology but also the uh, materials that are needed for growing mushrooms. We had a lot of challenges with importing the materials that were needed for growing mushrooms, and so it's actually what brought us to localizing the whole value chain. Right. Remember, I told you we were growing from uh, from seed to fruit mm-hmm. here all the way. Um, traditionally mushroom farms don't do that whole three-stage process generally like you'll just have one person doing the fruiting someone else will grow the plant and someone else will sell the seed but we've had to do that whole process here locally because the importing was a challenge Mm. um but also it enables us to use that those local materials and really look at how we can bring that circular piece to benefit here. And how have you found the response? I mean, I know you said a lot of people wanted to visit, but from an end consumer perspective or even maybe chefs who are using the product, um, yeah, how have they responded to to the mushrooms? Uh, it's It's been amazing. We've been overwhelmed um, by the response that we've had. I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but I think <laughs> these mushrooms are much, much more delicious than butter mushrooms. Like they have more flavor, they're more versatile, they have different textures, there are all sorts of different ways that you can use them. Um and just by having that additional choice and that additional option in terms of flavor, um, then I think pe- people are really, really happy. Um and mushrooms are actually got amazing health benefits. Um, they a little science lesson by yeah. by by uh detour if you if you if you if you so um uh you have the plant kingdom you have the animal kingdom and you have the fungi kingdom mm-hmm. and the fungi kingdom is much more similar to the animal kingdom than right. it is to the plant kingdom if you think about humans we digest all of our food by secreting enzymes into our stomach yeah. Um, when you think about fungi, they also secrete enzymes to digest right. their food. But okay. instead of doing it internally, they secrete all of their enzymes, their digestive juices out around them and breaking everything down around them. Right. But it, the biochemicals and the processes are quite similar to what happens in animals, which is why like you have you hear this term like adaptogenic mushrooms and there are all these mushrooms that have incredible benefits for your immune system, your nervous system, your... Um, cardiovascular system the reason for that is because a lot of the biochemicals are very similar to what we have in 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 our body so lion's mane for example yeah fantastic for your mental health um it's neuroregenerative so it helps to repair and mend the neurons in your in your mind and your body and so it kind of there's a lot of research to show that it has great impacts on your concentration and your sleep and all the rest oh, right. of it fascinating yeah. i probably need that one then <laughs> i need to get better we'll sleep get you <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite type of mushroom, actually? I, oh, it really depends, like, on the usage. I think okay. lion, lion's mane really is delicious. It's so novel in terms of, uh, of, uh, how it cooks. Um, I actually like to use it as a sort of, um, as a, like, steak. So you kind of really press it down as it's cooking. Oh, right. And, like, compress it down flat. And then it's just super juicy and succulent. It absorbs other flavors really nicely. A little sauce on there. Nice. Um, but uh, big oyster mushroom clusters mm. do that as well really nicely. Uh, shiitake mushrooms have just little flavor bombs. Yeah. Like, they um, have this really umami earthy texture that I put a lot in stews and cooking so uh, yeah, I, I can't, just I can't the, choose it's like asking like, me to choose yeah. all my children <laughs> I only have one so that's fine but, uh, <laughs> yeah no I was just like oh you like all of them I've never actually cooked a lion's bane uh, mushroom before ah, okay um, so that actually sounds 
very cool. Like I didn't realize you could. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. Like, so on our social media, we've got loads of different um, uh, reels and uh, recipes um, up there that people can go look at at Below Farm. And uh, yeah, to like go and, and also on our website, we've got a nice uh, recipe book of mushroom recipes. So uh, to get a little bit of inspiration if you haven't cooked with these kind of mushrooms before. Yeah. So. Um, and what's next for the farm? You know, what are you thinking long term where where do you want to take this so like really we want to establish the the middle east as a as a center of excellence for mushroom cultivation um so you know so saying none of the solutions are really here for growing like they, they don't really work from, from from Europe and North America, so we're really looking to establish that here. Um, but to begin with, we are in the next year is really ramping up our production. Um, we have got a lot of plans. We've got people and lots of customers lined up, ready to take the mushrooms. So we need to build our build our um, production up as quickly as possible. So that's in the shorter term as well. It's very cool. Um, so when was your first harvest? So we had our first harvest in May 2022. Um, we actually uh, had started off by importing kind of the grow blocks ready to ready to fruit um, from China um, as a sort of quick route to market. And it just wasn't, we quickly realized it wasn't the appropriate solution. Um, so we made the tough, tough decision to pause our, our production. Um, and do the R&D and construction and development that was needed to be able to actually do it all here locally. I mean, that is a brave decision to kind of pause um, and kind of go back to the drawing board. It was really hard. It was a tough, tough one to do. And honestly, if it wasn't June, July, mid-summer, we probably would have had to think a lot longer and a lot mm. harder about it. But, yeah. you know, the summer here is, it's a, tough time so it's you know everything gets quieter during the summer um and so we thought it was a good opportunity to 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 pivot a little bit yeah and so you have yourself and two co-founders um and you wear different hats so one of them you said is an engineer mm -hmm. as well so can you just talk a little bit more about how the dynamic works between the two of you yeah, so as uh, myself and uh, my co-founders Liliana and Wojciech, they are actually a married couple. Um, so we're a little tripod that <laughs> kind of works really well as our own all our different skill sets. So yeah, Wojciech is our creative engineer, so he's done all of the construction that you can see here. But he's also a self-trained mycologist, oh, wow. as so many are. Yeah. So he's our mushroom man. Um, <laughs> and uh, my background is in R and D and in chemistry. So and make product development so I do kind of most of the development stuff from the product to the packaging to the branding and the marketing the and some of the business development as well right. Liliana's our CEO and she does a lot more of the business development piece and runs a lot of the sales piece of the of the business as well you know she's our kind of business mind so yeah. she's got an MBA and uh, she does a lot more of that kind of oversight stuff yeah I mean it's it's just fascinating when you have your own business like you say it's all hands on deck you just gotta keep rolling and do what you do <laughs> it's been really interesting like there's a little bit you know from our, 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 our past corporate life experience yeah. it's been super valuable but we've all three of us have found a new area that we really like that we're able to sort of fill into just because of our passion. It's yeah. really a nice thing to, to learn, a way to learn about yourself and to discover new skills that you have. And having the three of us all together means that, you know, there's, we've got each other to lean on, which yeah. is great. And 
you know, this is a question we kind of discussed briefly earlier, but, you know, what is it that nourishes your soul? I think it's feeding people, to be honest. It always has been. And more specifically, um, when I talk about feeding people, you know, when like you have a big group of friends that you've brought all around and you've cooked up something delicious and they're all chatting and there's this like hum of voices and and happiness and laughter that that cacophony of sound of like your friends and the people you love eating the food that you love uh that nourishes my soul that 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 sound oh, well actually that sounds wonderful uh, <laughs> I know what you mean yeah it's great you know what I mean you can't hear the words yeah. but you can just hear the the, the happiness yeah, yeah. You can hear the happiness. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, but also like with, you know, doing this um, at this farm, at Below Farm, you know, what keeps you going, I guess? What keeps you passionate about it on on such a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, we're doing something for the first time and it's really exciting, but it's also really hard. Like there's a constant challenge that we're having to to, to do as we grow and and, and scale as a, as a young business. And yeah, that, that challenge is really exciting you know it doesn't it's no days the same and uh but then there's a little bit of uh of the biology and the actual science that you're working with that means that it's always the same you know so like that that mixture of uh of, of challenge and consistency is is really solid foundation to work in Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us uh, for the tour around the farm. It was genuinely very insightful. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming. That brings us to the end of this episode. Actually, Tiff, do you mind taking over the credits? Uh, I actually have to run to the Atlantis Royal now because they're about to announce the list for the 2023 edition of the Michelin Guide Dubai and I've got to be there. Sure thing. Have fun. Bye. Bye. So to wrap up, you can catch Davina's interview with Michelin in the next two weeks. And this episode was brought to you by Spinneys and is hosted by me, Tiffany Eslick and Davina Davicha. We're produced by Chirag Desai and artwork is done by Michelle Clements and Jihan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more. And visit us at spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products, including some of our delicious oyster mushrooms from Below Farm. At what time are you chiming in when it comes to the grow kits? Yeah, exactly at 7 minutes and 33 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Listen here, Chiragi. Uh, <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> Good name. Raggy, like a raggatooth shark. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I say when this happens is like, thank you for the blooper reel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>